friends, this is Pastor Bill Clark. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, friends, are the first two words I begin each message that I get the privilege to share each Sunday. I get to tell my friends about the greatest friend, Jesus Christ. I also consider friends to be one of the greatest gifts a person can have in this earthly life. Most of the episodes will be messages I share each Sunday, but from time to time, I'll invite a friend to share some of their life with us over a beverage. I pray these episodes bless you and help you on this journey of life. God's blessings to you, friend. This is a message I shared at Timothy Lutheran Church on Sunday, May 21st, Ascension Sunday. Ascension is one of the most overlooked festivals in the church year. But as you listen, you realize that it's just as important as Easter and Christmas. Lord, I ask that you speak to me this morning. Lord, may the words that come from my mouth give honor to you and your holy word. Please guide me with your words to send and equip this flock to grow your family and show your love. I ask all of us in the name of our crucified and resurrected Savior, who died and rose for our sins. Amen. Hello, friends. Have you ever released a balloon? No, a helium balloon, of course, and stood and watched it ascend up towards the sky? The balloon goes up and up and up. You know, the balloon usually doesn't go straight up. Every once in a while, a a pocket of wind would catch it, and it takes the balloon farther down the horizon. If you've ever released a balloon and watched it ascend to the sky, there's at some point where you can no longer see the balloon. It disappears into the sky. You know, watching a balloon ascend towards the sky, it's about as close as I can come to imagine seeing Jesus ascend towards the heavens. Our scripture readings today, it tells us that Jesus was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And in Luke, he wrote, Jesus was carried up into heaven. The disciples gathered around Jesus, and as Jesus was blessing the disciples, Jesus was carried up and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. I remember when I first became a pastor, the first time Ascension Sunday come up, I really started to think, wonder, what does ascension mean? Of course, and this question popped into my head. What does the ascension of Christ truly mean? And this year, as I'm looking at the readings once again of the ascension of Jesus, another question popped to my head. Where is the hope found in the ascension of Jesus? We see in our reading today from Luke... The disciples, after the ascension, returned to Jerusalem with great joy. They were continually in the temple blessing God. You know, one would think after Jesus left the disciples, they may have lost hope. Some of the disciples had been with Jesus for three years. 
They literally left everything to follow Jesus. And now he's ascended to heaven and is no longer with them. You see, the hope and joy that the disciples held on to on the day of the ascension of Jesus is not the hope that is found in this world. It's the hope that Jesus taught them about during his ministry. It is not the hope of this world. Because the hope of this world, I hope I have a good life. I can provide for myself. I can stay relatively healthy. I can get an education, have a job I hope I like, retire, and able to enjoy my golden years. Our hope in this world is to complete our own story, to live a complete life. What happens when life doesn't go as we want? When life is cut short? You know, it happens so often anymore. We didn't even talk about this week. A year ago this week, an 18-year-old went into an elementary school in Uvalde, Texas, and killed 19 children and two adults. 21 people whose lives were cut short. They didn't get to complete their life. Where is the hope? Where is the hope when you see the images of these parents huddled outside the school waiting to see if their child is alive or dead? I can't even imagine waiting for that news. It was just two days until school was going to be over for the summer. Summer, a time for kids to have fun and play. But instead, it turns into a time of grief and sadness for a community in Texas. Where do you find the hope? The events from last year in Uvalde, Texas are a brutal reminder. If you look for hope in this world, it's fleeting. And our world will let you down. This world is broken. This world is full of sinful acts that look anything but hopeful. Depravity. The corruption of the human nature due to original sin is on full display every day of our lives. You know, most of the time, depravity and sin doesn't truly affect our daily lives, even though it's all around us. Sin is everywhere, and it happens every day of our lives. And most days, events don't directly affect us. But when you see the headlines that an 8- or a 9- or 10-year-old child was killed at school by an 18-year-old, it causes you to stop and wonder, where's the hope? As Christians, our our true hope is found only in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God incarnate, came to be one of us. He took on human flesh and He walked around this earth and was one of us. Jesus saw the depravity of this world. He heard the questions of the disciples and the people. Where is the hope? You know, when we look at the ascension of Jesus from a human standpoint, one might wonder, Where is the hope? If I put myself in the place, if I was one of the disciples who had spent three years with Jesus, day in, day out, followed Him all over Israel, 
Listen to him as he taught and healed the sick and cast out demons. Would I wonder? Jesus rises on Easter morning, having defeated sin, death, and the devil. Not for him, but for us. Jesus then spends 40 days on earth after the resurrection and then is taken up into heaven. This is the last time anyone will see Jesus on this earth. Seems the disciples did not want Jesus to leave them. They wanted Jesus to stay with them. Listen to the question they asked Jesus in our reading today. Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? The disciples still wanted Jesus to restore the kingdom of Israel. And more importantly, to be rid of the Roman Empire that rules over them. I know if I was one of the disciples, I would want Jesus to stay. But that's not part of God's plan. You know, when Jesus ascended into heaven, there should have been no surprise to the disciples that he was going to go to his Father. Because just over 40 days ago on Easter Sunday, we heard the word ascension on Easter morning from the Gospel of John. Mary Magdalene's at the tomb. She's weeping, wondering what they've done with the body of Jesus. She's so distraught, she doesn't even realize Jesus is standing next to her until Jesus calls her name, Mary. And then Mary grabs a hold of Jesus. She literally clings to Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me. For I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. John goes on to tell us that Mary Magdalene went to the disciples and tells them that she has seen the Lord and He has said these things to her. Now if you're hearing this report from Mary Magdalene firsthand, what would stick out to you? That Jesus is alive? Or that He's going to ascend to the Father? I know for me, if when I heard the words that Jesus was alive, the rest of the words would have hit my ears, but I wouldn't have heard them. Jesus was alive. But these words show, from Jesus show us that the life, death, resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus are all a part of God's plan to redeem us, His children. You see, the ascension of Christ is just as important as Christmas and Easter. But yet, you can't go to your local store and find an ascension card, can you? You don't buy that special ascension gift for your loved one. You don't go out and buy the kids an ascension outfit and the kids don't get a basket of candy from the Ascension Bunny, do they? The Ascension is one of the great overlooked festivals of the church year. Easter and Pentecost, they fall on Sunday and they're always observed. Christmas, well, Christmas stands by itself. Even when it falls in the middle of the week, no matter what day it is, it's still observed by us as Christians. But Ascension, it always falls on a Thursday. In the middle of the week in the spring. And it's usually missed and overlooked. So that's why today I decided to pull the readings from Ascension to look at the Ascension of our Lord and focus on those today. The Ascension is the day 40 days after the resurrection where Jesus is taken up into heaven to sit at the right hand of God. 
and to rule as king. Most would look at the departure of Jesus as a bad thing, but because Jesus is no longer on earth. The disciples are on their own. But Jesus has not left us. After the ascension, Jesus is more present now than He ever was on earth. He is more present now than when He was on earth. So the ascension then. It's essential for our Christian faith and hope because this event signals a shift for God. It signals a shift for God in Christ Jesus that He's continually present with all of His people. How is Jesus present now? In a few minutes, we're going to come up for communion. He's present in the sacraments. In the waters of baptism, we baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Jesus is present in the waters of baptism. When you come to the Lord's table to partake in the meal, He instituted the night He was betrayed. Jesus said, take and eat. This is My body. Take and drink. This is My blood shed for you. Jesus is truly present in the bread and the wine. In our 1030 service today, two of our confirmants will get to take communion for the very first time where they're able to touch and taste the very forgiveness of Christ. After Jesus ascends to the Father, ten days later, next Sunday is Pentecost. The Holy Spirit will come upon the people. Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. We'll talk more about this next week, but the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our comforter, our counselor, our advocate. He's our mediator, our intercessor, and our helper. And the power of the Holy Spirit that is within us is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus is present in the power of the Holy Spirit. When and where Jesus is present, that is where we find hope. Because we need hope. Hope is not the same as optimism. Hope is tied to action, not attitude. Optimism is passive. Hope is active. Optimism is having a gym membership. Hope is working out every morning. Despair is the opposite of hope. It leads to inaction. It leads to guilt and fear. Martin Luther writes in the small catechism, when we pray, lead us not into temptation, we ask that the Lord would guard and keep us so that the devil, the world, and our sinful nature may not deceive us or mislead us into false belief, despair, or other great shame and vice. With the hope on in Jesus Christ, we're able to move through each and every day and each and every year of our life here on earth. Without true hope from Jesus, everything grinds to a halt. Where do we find true hope in the ascended Christ? That is not false hope. Because false hope really is no hope at all. False hope is, causes us to live a life trusting in a lie. Because many people have built their lives around hope in something that's turned out to be a lie. 
and it's let them down. This false hope has a great cost. It leads to bitterness, disillusion, bad living, rebellion against God. As Jesus proclaimed, a healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Today in our reading from the first chapter of Ephesians, Paul connects real hope to Jesus. And he's specifically talking about the ascension. Paul writes, because God has raised Jesus from the dead and seated Him at the right hand in the heavenly places. In the ascended Christ, we have a real hope for our lives. Real hope is found in in Christ's ascension. Because Jesus is not gone. He has been promoted. And the good news for us, He's taken us with Him. It's kind of like when a senior staff person in a business or a politician, when they get a new higher position, they often take their trusted staff with them. Similar to the case with us. Christ is the head and we are the members of the body, the church. If all things are under His feet, it means that they are under ours as well. Paul wrote today, and he put all things under His feet and gave Him as head over all things to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills all and all. We as God's children are trusted, not because we are trustworthy, but because Jesus has called us. Paul also wrote in Ephesians today, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which He has called you. What are the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints? It is Jesus who called us to sainthood by the will of the Father. And it is by the Spirit that we are given the wisdom, that we are given wisdom and knowledge. This is the good news. By Jesus' death, resurrection, and His ascension, our sins are forgiven. And we inherit a portion of His riches by grace. You know, we didn't get to walk and talk and eat with Jesus as the disciples did. But if Jesus had not ascended, could you imagine the fighting among Christians for a seat next to Him? Because He ascended, He is with us all. And we can live in the hope of being in His presence forever. We have hope. We have hope in the ascended Christ. Because today, our world is full of hopelessness. We hear messages messages of hopelessness every day. The climate is changing. Our cities will be flooded. The coasts will be destroyed by hurricanes. The virus is long in our rearview mirror, but I still hear every day, viruses will take away your freedoms and your lives. More than anything, faith in institutions is collapsing and people are turning increasingly to violence to solve their problems. If you don't believe it, listen to a police scanner. Poor policemen are barraged every day. And it's just not petty crimes. It's serious stuff. Now more than ever, people need to hear the hope of the ascended Christ. 
Many are in the business of selling false hope. We hear false hopes proclaimed every day. This pill's going to make you live longer. This stock will make you rich. This party or this person will save the country. Wolves in sheep clothing are all around us. Now more than ever, people need to hear of the hope of the ascended Christ. Because Jesus' ascension gives us real hope. You know there is one true God and He cared enough for you to send His Son to redeem you. You know that His Son was crucified, died, and now has ascended to rule over everything, all things, and be with us as He promised. As I said, when a balloon ascends up into the sky at some point, you can't see it anymore. And you proclaim, it's gone. Most likely you'll never see that balloon again. But the ascension of Jesus doesn't mean gone. It means present in all the places Jesus said He would be. He's present in His Word, in His sacraments. He's among His people. That is our hope. We love Christmas. Celebrating baby Jesus, the manger, the angels, and the shepherds. I can still smell the lilies from Easter Sunday and celebrating the empty tomb. Next week we'll look at the Pentecost, the day the church was born. Ascension, it's hope. Hope that centers around faith and strengthens us for what lies ahead. So where is true hope? There is hope in the ascension of Christ. He is more present now. He is more present now than when He was when He was on earth. Amen? Thank you once again for listening to the podcast. If you have any questions about anything that we share in our messages, any questions on faith, any just general questions, get a hold of me. I'd love to have a conversation. Thank you again for listening. Have a great day. God bless.